Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story is breaking news. Not sure I've completely cracked the code on it yet, but just to tell you what the story is as it emerges, there was a parade, a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, where a man drove through it with an SUV. This was last night, almost five o'clock their time. uh, Apparently five people are dead, 40 are injured. The man has been arrested. Of course, when I hear something like this, I always think it's fishy. Like these stories are weird to me. They never used to happen. Now they happen all the time. It's happening in Wisconsin, which is where Kyle Rittenhouse just got off. The man who went through the crowd was uh looks to be black and he's a rapper uh, i don't know that no, i didn't he know is, that yet. No, he's a rapper i'll just tell you what i know and then you can tell me what you know so he was charged um immediately with five counts of intentional homicide he was charged three times in less than two years with endangering the safety of others. He was, uh, that was most recently November 5th. He was let out on that or posted some bail that is now being discussed as inappropriately low. So I think there's going to be a few different issues are going to come to play here. First of all, it's, you know, pretty obvious that there's a chance that he will be treated much more harshly than Kyle Rittenhouse. He's already been charged with five counts of intentional homicide, hasn't even been 24 hours. That seems kind of aggressive to me. He's, they're setting him up as being, they're demonstrating or whatever, revealing that he has a history of domestic violence. And then this issue of low bail of changing the criminal justice system, that is a very left-right divisive issue. So I see that coming out pretty strong. I personally, as a libertarian, don't think there should be jail or bail for anything that is just a prohibited action. If it is a violent crime, yes, like those um, actions are appropriate, but I can, my position is probably going to be totally different from the left or the right on how criminal justice should be reformed, but this is going to be a divisive issue for them as I see it. Yeah, definitely. The story seems a little bit strange to have happened the way it did. I watched the video of it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is pretty tough to watch the video of it. He just plows right through people. They say he was fleeing, as you mentioned, from uh, domestic abuse, and they say that at least last night, I don't know if they changed that today, they said they haven't closed the door that it might be terror-related, but maybe they've done that now, that they've identified who it, he is. It looked to me that there was a... See, as the first time I read it, I thought he was fleeing a domestic terror attack, but it wasn't that, and the cops say he was not being chased. What it looks like they're trying to say now, or the impression I get when I read and reread the breaking stories, is that there was a domestic incident involving a knife and with his history makes me think that he was the guy who did it and he was running away because he only just got let out on bail like on friday or or november 5th i think maybe if uh, one thing says friday but one another thing said november 5th maybe it was i don't know but it was very recent so interesting because jacob blake also had a knife in the incident that sparked the protest which led to the kyle rittenhouse incident a lot, of, a lot of parallels there. And the changing the justice system is all throughout the narrative of Kyle Rittenhouse. People on the left, CNN, Brian Stelter, reliable sources, most unreliable source on television. Whole show is about how 
yes, the according to the law, the jury got it right, and the left-wing media didn't show all the stuff they needed to show, but is it time to change the law? Shouldn't we be changing the way that we apply the law or what the law is? That's always a big one. They'll take – it's it's – comes up a lot in the shooting things. They'll say he got a, he had a, a legal gun. He had a legal gun. If we just change the laws, maybe it'll be different. I also think it plays into another theme that's very, very prominent. Stay away from events. Stay away from things that are fun, things with people in your community. Just stay away because if it can happen in Waukesha, it can happen anywhere. And just as a, to clarify that point or correct the record here, Brooks, this is a quote, Brooks was released from jail Friday after posting bond in a recent incident. According to court records, he was also charged in July 2020 with two felony counts of second degree recklessly endangering the safety of others using a dangerous weapon. Both cases are ongoing. And uh, she says a, a woman told police that Brooks purposefully ran her over with his vehicle while she was walking through a gas station parking lot after he had followed her there. After a fight, according to a criminal complaint, the woman was hospitalized. Court records show so to me, he said, and then it goes on to say the most recent incident was November 5th. It was uh, domestic abuse, which he was charged also with resisting or obstructing an officer. So it seems to me, if I were to say this was a false flag, that this guy was in the system and they his profile fit a narrative that they were trying to achieve. If you if you were to say that this was a false flag and they wanted to crash through a parade, you get a guy who's run somebody over, who's a bad guy. If you want to play in the race thing, you want to. So there's a lot of things here. He could be have been targeted as a patsy. I really don't know. We'll we'll use our truth star as it unfolds. But those are the facts that I I've seen so far. Yeah, and I wonder if we're going to hear a narrative of the police officers were unnecessarily chasing him, so they caused him to drive through that simply by you know going after a black guy. It is going to be interesting to see where this goes. Out in public, fear out in public. A flash mob of eighty or so criminals busted into a store in California and what's the name of the store and they ransacked it this was a Walnut Creek Nordstrom store and they ransacked it for about a minute it it happened really fast they were wearing ski masks carrying crowbars and other weapons when they stormed the store and this was around 9 p.m. while the store was still open and people who were shopping there kind of stood by in shock a couple of them got punched or kicked and pepper sprayed and they only arrested three people from the incident. And what I thought was interesting is that there was approximately 25 cars blocking the area as a street gang. So they blocked the area so they could just ambush it, like one of those flash mobs you see improvisers do, except they're actually stealing stuff, and then got out of there, and most of them escaped. And there's video that showed the chaos. I mean, it's really crazy if you actually watch the video. And the people across the street said that the police were flying in. It was insane, like out of a movie, the one guy described. And the night before that, another similar incident happened at a... Louis, is it Louis Vuitton? Is that the name of the Louis store? Vuitton. Louis Vuitton in San Francisco, where this was about 12, a dozen or so thieves ransacked the place. They appeared to be wearing masks as well. And they got the heck out of there quickly. And this is an uptick in the robbery because they're not prosecuting people. They're typically not prosecuting people unless it's over $1,000 in San Francisco areas. But what I find interesting about this story is, and they're not talking about this, is... 
How did they organize? So we hear all the stories about right-wing militias organizing on Telegram, on social media, on Twitter. The January 6th, all those people organized on, on social media platforms. And you know we know feds were in all these Telegrams. But they don't talk about that in this instance because they're organizing here too. So the, the racist white nationalists, I'm saying that in quotes, are not the only group that uses these platforms to organize online. A lot. See, there was a Piedmont Mall in, in Atlanta had some real crime problems happen over the past couple of years, and some of it has been organized on Twitter. You can see it around these weird, strange hashtags, often coded language. We're hearing a lot of coded language themes going on, and they kind of don't focus on that. Maybe they will focus on that in the future, but there's a ton of de- the Democrats, the the Antifa members, the the activists, gangs. All these groups are going to use these social media platforms to organize stuff like this because you cannot get 25 cars and 80 people in one place that quickly unless you're using these digital platforms. A couple of things come to mind from that story as you tell it. One is, could it have been a movie? One witness said it looked like a movie. Yeah, (laughs) interesting, yeah. I mean, really, like that would be a staged event. And I, I, when I looked at the Waukesha thing and I look at these other events i believe and i would have to reflect back on when i've been convinced of it and when i've just inferred it or whatever but i believe that there are a lot of actually staged events that go on i think they are literally staged i think you can go back in the record historically and see how the powers that be have operated over the decades at least if not centuries or millennia i believe a lot of events are actually staged so when i hear something like that my default on this stuff that's really out of the ordinary and serves a narrative and gets a lot of press. If all of those things are happening, my first thought is stage. So that's where I come out on that. I mean, it's not a comfortable place to be. I don't like it, but that really when my gut always tells me that stuff is fake out of the gate and nine out of 10 times, if I don't think that I'm proven wrong. The other thing that I think is really important about this story, no matter where it came from, it serves the narrative absolutely 100% that our systems are breaking down. The systems that we relied on, the systems that were so perfect, the systems that supply chain, policing, um, democracy that resulted in conflicting ideologies living harmoniously together because the democratic process worked all of these things we identified that for a while now that they were deliberately interfering with processes and systems that worked by telling kids i think it started with parkland um valentine's day 2018 where they told the kids it's okay to break the rules walk out of school we're telling you as authorities they i think they're systematically trying to undermine systems which will do two things it will undermine the heritage we have of liberty first of a libertarian society or a a liberal capital l liberal society that foundation of this country and it will cause a reaction so you're going to get the people who used to defend the constitution the bill of rights the liberties the people on the right who they have on the blue side of black and blue 
just knee jerk getting in line behind we need more authoritarianism at the same time that they cry out for liberty in other ways maybe it's bringing a schism to the right where those are the people who are just going to be like neoconservatives getting a new lease on life as opposed to the populist trumpians that bring down even the kind of ron paul libertarian types i don't know but it feels like this is part of the very biggest picture and it fits into the stay-at-home theme like the absolutely parade. stay at home or you, that could happen stay at home if you go shopping this could happen shop online exactly and there's cyber mondays and there's black friday every all these deals you get your inbox just gets ambushed with these deals and the whole supply chain thing is pushing all christmas presents into the digital space get some people some nfts for christmas perhaps. everybody everybody's noticing that we are being told the only way to get presents is is digital stuff this year. Yeah. Speaking of authoritarianism, uh, you mentioned a moment ago, the Rockefeller Foundation, they have released a new initiative. They published a press release about it called the Mercury Project. And last week, we talked about the Commission on Information Disorder report that was released by the Aspen Institute, the one that had Prince Harry as one of its commissioners investigating mis- and disinformation for a year and the Brit making policy recommendations attached to federal funding. Well, on the back of that, the Mercury Project, which was created as a response to that, the Rockefeller Foundation says, it's a new $10 million project launched to combat the growing mis- and disinformation crisis in public health. The Mercury Project, which is funded by the Rockefeller Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and the Craig Newmark Philanthropies, uh, he's always involved, the Craigslist billionaire, is a, ten, is a three-year $10 million investment to combat the growing threat of mis- and dis- disinformation on public health in the wake of COVID-19. It's a response to the World Health Organization, the Surgeon General, and the Aspen Institute's commission, and it calls for proposals seeking ambitious teams worldwide to quantify the scope of the problem and its impact. So they want to quantify the damage and the harm that they say misinformation does. And then they want to identify the tools and interventions to support it. And the, they focus on the critical role of communication and community engagement. So these social media platforms and then also getting in and talking to people in the communities. In fact, the Mercury Project is named after a Greek it alludes to the ancient Roman god Mercury of messages and communication. That's like the god of propaganda. Wing- winged to. Mercury. He's the guy who has the wings on his feet, who was the messenger for the gods. Winged oh, that's very Mercury. interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they want to understand how the individual individual's ecosystem forms, and they're focusing on race because they're saying that people in minority groups are more affected by the information and they want to focus on how their information environment evolves what makes them vulnerable they they want to develop a more targeted intervention to counteract it more targeted i mean how much more targeted can we get (laughs) right now well individuals they can use that bird of a feather ai thing in the metaverse speaking directly to you and they're collecting all that data this stuff where they're they're putting the facebook oculus thing on your head and they're collecting all your data about it's really personalized on the data and that fits right in with their ability to collect this information and form these personalized appeals but they're 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 looking for calls for solutions so i encourage everybody to go to the mercury project and put your solutions in and maybe you can get part of this 10 million dollars they have a <laughs> webinar where they're going to be showcasing it on november 29th 
So Mercury Project, Social Science Network, Rockefeller Foundation, everybody's getting in on board, all these globalists, to try and take control of the missing disinformation, which it means just shutting down anybody who questions their narrative. Well, I was recently thinking about what hypocrites they are in trying to suppress some of the calling people crazy for vaccine skepticism and that kind of thing. And I've just been hearing a lot of conflicting messages coming out of there. I really can't understand it. I was pushed on me and an Amazon Prime movie over the weekend called The Constant Gardener. Spoiler alert. When I was doing the show, I said something about a movie I watched, The Constant Gardener, that will be a spoiler. This is just a spoiler alert. So you might want to fast forward four minutes. Thank you. I never would have watched this. It, it seemed very kind of, as an old boyfriend of mine used to say, something English and green. And uh, I just, he never liked that stuff. And I, I kind of lost my taste for it. It was, who was it? Uh, Ray Fines, Ralph Fines, whatever his name is, was in it. And it ended up, but I it was free and it looked like a high quality movie. So I'm like out of anything free because I've been watching movies like every night for a year and a half. And so we watched it. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, is this AIDS propaganda? So my husband went and like Google's like, no, it's not AIDS propaganda. And you can watch it because he'll like, he'll vet the blurbs for me. So it doesn't ruin the plot. I can't, I won't look up a movie. So he, so we're watching it and it's all about, Medicine in Africa, medicine in Africa, it ends up, it was this like two hour movie about a pharmaceutical company in Africa that was pushing, that was doing trials on human beings where they were killing people, but they put a lot of money into it. So they wanted to make sure that there was a market for it, that it passed the trial. So anyone who got sick or died, they literally buried in unmarked graves. Oh, crap. Is this a spoiler? Did you spoil it? I'm, not, I'm never going to watch it. I don't know if listeners are going to well, watch it. Shoot, it's free on Amazon. Ah, oh, dang. All right. Anyway, we'll have to put in a spoiler alert and a and a um, dang uh, chronomark there. So anyway, they they would take people out of the trials who were sick or dying, and. That's how you make a trial look like it doesn't have any side effects. And so much that was in that movie reminded me of what we were looking at now or what some of us suspect now. And I just I can't understand why they push yeah. it on me. And then I, one of my North Carolina moms sent me a, an email that quoted extensively Robert Reich in it, who was uh, he was a Clinton guy. I forget what he what his responsibility was in in the Clinton either administration or campaign but he's saying that the GOP is is churning out the death threats this was in response to the AOC video the guy made where he wants to kill AOC the anime video yeah yeah so it reminded me talk about death threats do you remember the Robert Reich lecture that he gave at Berkeley he was a professor there Maybe he still is a professor there where he said, if we, if you are a if if you are a candidate for president and you want to tell the truth, this is the speech you would give. And he gives this big, long speech. It was absolutely chilling to the bone. He didn't know somebody was recording it. <laughs> and 
And one of, I'll just read you one of the lines from this crazy speech is, he says, uh, by the way, if you're very old, if uh, we're not going to give you all that technology and all those drugs for the last couple of years of your life to keep you maybe going for another couple of months, it's too expensive. So we're going to let you die. And then you hear all of the applause in the background that people were liking it. And he goes on to say, uh, also, I'm going to use the bargaining leverage of the federal government in terms of Medicare, Medicaid. We already have a lot of bargaining leverage to force drug companies and insurance companies and medical suppliers to reduce their costs. But that means less innovation. That means less new products and less new drugs on the market, which means you're probably not going to live that much longer than your parents. Thank you. And just huge applause. So this is the guy who's saying that this dumb video of AOC was full of death threats. And he is basically telling us, well, we're going to live less long and old people aren't going to get care. But the reason I'm bringing it up now and, and along with that movie is this is stuff that before right now was a totally reasonable thing to say from the left. Big Pharma doesn't care. They're just out for profits. They will kill you. They, they're racist. Then this, like, if you really want a healthcare system that's going to work, you're going to have to make sure that old people die, that you don't live as long. That looks to me like what they are doing right now. And if you look at it, it was consistent with their plans beforehand it's like they're trying to get old people to just go dive into a wood chipper themselves dude it seems like they're that you don't even have to do that you don't even have to get out of your bed they bring the wood chipper to you (laughs) (laughs) so that brings us to our last big story of the free 30 which in which i'm going to tell you my observation from JFK and Malcolm X to Richard Nixon and Al Gore, history is fiction. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR. The World Economic Forum released its top tech of 2021. And uh, we asked the question, is it amazing or terrifying? And I will also tell you about dirty dealing and double standards from Jones to Bannon. So we've got a lot for you in the last big story, as well as the XR. That almost sounded like an ACDC song for a second. Dirty dealing. Yes. Dirty (laughs) deeds done dirt cheap. Nice. So we have a, of course, a big sponsor for today's show. We'd like to thank, actually, I sent him an email this morning because I wanted his advice on which of his awesome spice blends I should use in a new Thanksgiving veggie dip that I'm trying out. I think I'm going to go with Spog, salt, pepper, onion, and garlic, but I'm not sure. I'm going to wait to hear back from him, but... Of course, who I'm talking about are the great people at Granite State Spice Blends. So here's his message to us. Go to your spice drawer and check the ingredient labels on those plastic bottles of stale, discolored powder that have been there for years. If you're seeing silicone dioxide, tricalcium phosphate, monosodium glutamate, and a bunch of other scientific terms you can't pronounce, it's time for an overhaul. Do you really want to be eating the ground-up version of what's in those tiny packages you toss from your shoeboxes that clearly state, do not eat? Well, that is what silicone dioxide is, and it's found in loads of FDA 
FDA-approved foods disguised as an anti-caking agent. I wouldn't eat this, and I sure don't want anyone listening to the propaganda report to be eating it either. After all, we need to stay healthy for the big move into the tunnels. <laughs> After you chuck all of those stale spice blends or use them as pest control in your garden, come over to GraniteStateSpiceBlends.com and refill your pantry with a load of small-batch spice blends that are sure to please. Matt Pierce and his wife, Kim, own and operate Granite State Spice Blends in Salem, New Hampshire. They are craft spice blenders creating some tasty concoctions for meats, veggies, and anything else you want to add flavor to. Their ingredients are treated with the attention and care only a professional chef can give to such an important part of your food, the flavor. They toast all of the seeds and chilies over Applewood and Fogo brand premium lump charcoal using a big green egg and lodge cast iron, and their herbs are muddled in a marble mortar to release the full flavor and aromatics, resulting in a spice blend that will transform your food into something amazing. They never add any mystery fillers or chemically derived flavoring agents. It's just herbs and spices. So out with the old and in with the new, Granite State Spice Blends will bring the right flavor to you. Find them at Granite State Spice Blends, live free or die, and use the promo code... Tunnel People Unite 10. That's all lowercase. Tunnel People Unite 10. Matt is a great guy. I actually did a podcast with Matt. He has a podcast. So good for him. He's used my shirt for farmers markets and meetups. He even got it on TV once. So they are really good friends of the show. And you're probably a good friend of the show, too. We love the free listeners. Please, by all means, leave us reviews, subscribe, donate, buy stuff, go to thepropreport.com. If you want more content, there's two ways, two ways to get that. Patreon.com slash propaganda report for all our premium content at the truth Sponge level, seven bucks a month in an RSS feed. You got it. If you want to go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report, that's where you get all of this in the video format. Any videos we get, we put in Rockfin. We put the DNB every day, including premium up there. It isn't video. It's only video when it's live on Thursdays, but that's a fantastic exclusive Rockfin feature too. So lots of different ways to support the show. We hope you pick one. And now on to the last big story of the free 30 and this i will it's a lot of things here maybe we'll get to all of it during the xr maybe not but the number one thing is it is i believe the 58th anniversary of jfk's death his assassination he was killed in traumatic fashion in front of everybody it's pretty clear that the cover story is not true i think the first indication of that was when Lee Harvey Oswald, who was arrested for it, said, I'm a patsy. I'm a patsy. And then he was killed while in police custody, assassinated literally in the arms of the police by Jack Ruby, who then himself died, I think, about a year later, claiming that he was injected with cancer. I mean, this story is pretty hard to take. I think they actually created and demonized the expression conspiracy theorist for people who didn't believe the evidence of their own eyes. So that's a start. And there's just a couple of other things I would add to this. One is that I noticed uh, an article over the weekend that two men convicted of the Malcolm X murder serving in time all of these years were exonerated. A New York State Supreme Court judge tossed the convictions of Muhammad Aziz and Khalil Islam during a hearing on Thursday. The main shooter, 
who did confess always said they had nothing to do with it. And it was recently revealed that the government suppressed evidence of other people involved. So these guys were convicted while the government suppressed evidence. So if you think the government isn't going to suppress evidence of its own involvement in the JFK assassination, this is a similar era, same guys on the FBI and everything else. I would say you really have to uh, think hard about what's the true nature of our government. And I consider that to be kind of the last, I believe that was the real coup. I believe that was a real change because every single president after that really has to have been complicit in the cover-up. No doubt after having watched the Zapruder film, but they are complicit, I think. It makes you wonder what that evidence was if it was a bunch of feds and whatever their version of Telegram was back then, which was probably meeting at a local coffee shop and talking or a bar. There were informants or operatives in the, in within I don't know if it was the plot or what. I didn't see what it, exactly it was, but there's some of what they suppressed was evidence that informants, FBI agents were insiders during this time, maybe in the in the Nation of Islam or wh- whatever they're talking about. I don't know who, where the insiders were, but I wouldn't doubt. I'd be I'd actually be shocked if the Nation of Islam did not have insiders in there, especially at that time. Yeah, it makes you wonder if decades from now, some of those people who are serving however long they serve, three years for going into the Capitol illegally are gonna be exonerated. You know, they'll be out by then. You know, we think they'll be out by then, but that's another thing Stelter wanted on on CNN. He said, We need to see the live versions of the January sixth uh trials. So people can see what these people are really like. That would be great. And I'm sure he's calling for it, knowing it will absolutely never be satisfied. Another thing that reminded me of that era was absolutely front and center on CNN.com today was a quote by a judge who was appointed by Bush hilariously saying Al Gore was a man about his election loss. Unlike Trump, a federal (laughs) judge says that. The the federal judge took aim at Trump for lying about voter fraud during the 2020 election, saying that former Vice President Al Gore had a better standing to challenge the election results, but that he was a man and walked away. He said Al Gore had a better case to argue. Um, and uh, he said of Gore's decision to end his presidential bid following weeks of legal ba- battles, he accepted it and walked away. It was pretty clear that Gore was not going to get anywhere, but he did fight the battles for as long as they were going to last. And I remember at that time thinking that Gore, I, I, I didn't think that there was any funny business about the election. So for me, I did think Gore was just, you know, being a sore loser. Now, when I look back, I think there probably was funny business around the election. But I remember thinking Nixon, who had good reason to believe or certainly some like the RNC chair was pursuing it, believed that there was funny business around the JFK election. For a variety of reasons, he made a speech saying he was not going to contest the election and then did live to to win another day. But I remember thinking that Nixon, that was a time when he really, it would have been frowned upon for him to, to jeopardize the stability or the faith in the government to fight that, even though he was really, I think he was, uh, 
from the media to the campaigns and all that, he was really behind the eight ball. And then the last thing I just happened to always think was interesting about the JFK Nixon campaign, not only was it the first one that had television in it, which did they say to the extent that it was a totally legit election, that was the difference maker for JFK, who was young and telegenic. But what I think was probably much more of a difference maker, maybe this is something that's supposed to hide the fact that JFK cheated or maybe JFK didn't cheat, but they were the first one supposedly who used the whole purple county thing that where blue and red don't waste any time or money on a place that is solidly blue or red only go to the purple states and even or purple counties and even when you're there that's where you focus your kind of payola so if you've got a union there or some kind of government money that you could spread around there or promise there that's where you go and it really saved them a lot of time effort and money by focusing on the key states and i just or uh, counties and i just I think that's a little interesting tidbit that I don't think people bring out too often. Very interesting. Do we have any shout outs today? Yeah, we sure do. So it's the last call for anybody who wants to be um, someone with uh, experience or information on wealth hacks and meta money. I think we have a lot of people talking about crypto, but that I'll accept a little bit more of that too. It is we are having a Zoom party this Saturday. So it, patron saints are are welcome and it's for patron saints. But if you want to contribute for the benefit of patron saints and have a little fun yourself because you have some expertise in the matter, then give me a uh, drop me an email, the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. And I'll answer you with a Zoom link. All right. Fantastic. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMV, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out our tiers there. And you can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and see what we have to offer over there as well. We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the DNBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.